talking the last couple of weeks about heart, how heart matters, uh, and what you sow or allow to be sown into your heart. It's gonna, it has the potential to bear fruit, and it's amazing at how it does. Um, as we, we, as we've been talking about it, we realize out of the heart is what comes. Uh, you know, all those things that happen in your life, a lot of, you know, the sins and things that starts in the heart, the good things that God does that starts in the heart. Uh, it's seeds being sown in the heart and, and bearing fruit in your life, whether that's good or bad. And so we've learned to guard the seed that's good, sow good seed into our heart and guard it because Satan's trying to steal it. The cares of this world are trying to choke it out. Um, you know, there's, there's um, the thought too of where you're, there's just the testing of you for believing God's word is trying to choke it out before it ever bears fruit in your life. And we, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to be there. I don't want to miss out or lose sight uh, of why, why God has us here as a church. Uh, so in January, we said we wanted to take just some time to share a little bit about vision and mission and purpose as a church, why Kingsway's here. But, but I believe it's bigger than that. I believe that even if you're here tonight and you're, you have a different home church, that's cool because I, I believe that what the, tonight is all about is what God is saying to the church in general. Uh, and talking about mission, we talked at the beginning of the, the month about vision, having a picture in front of you of what your life is to be like, uh, having a picture, seeing, seeing ahead and going towards it. Jesus had that. It's how, you know, he endured the cross. He had a picture of what, you know, was on the other side of all that pain. And on the other side of his obedience is our salvation. And the same thing is for us. On the other side of your obedience, there's incredible blessing for you but potentially for others as well. And so we've been trying to encourage um, us as a church to, to stick with some of that uh, stuff. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. You're not going to have unless you have an amplified Bible with you tonight. Um, you'll have the verse. It just won't sound quite like this. It says this, and I tell you, Jesus is talking to Peter. This is where he first mentions this thing that's going to be, uh, this thing that's coming called church. He says, I tell you, you're Peter. And that Greek word is petros. It means a large piece of rock. And he says, and on this rock, which is the Greek word for petra, um, uh, or it, the Petra is the Greek word. If you're a fan of the band, that's where they got it from. It's a huge rock like Gibraltar. So, I mean, that's like, a, like an island in the sea type rock. It says, I will build my church uh, and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I, I know you probably don't have that memorized, but I just want you to remember a couple of those things. So it says something. I'm going to build my church on a rock. It ain't going anywhere. And the other thing that, that he's saying is there's some things that, like the gates of hell, this stuff, it's not going to, not only is it going to not withstand this church, it's not going to come against it um, in any way that it's uh, to its detriment or hold out against it. Once, you know, the attack is on, it will not be able to uh, stand against that. So when I think about this, I think, man, Jesus, that's awesome that you're building, you're building a church. And since he's building his church uh, and that's what we want to be a part of. And, and so, as we've said a few times, but I want you to get this. We're not trying to build Kingsway Church. I love how you guys have gotten on board with us to say, let's do Saturday nights. Let's just, let's try something out of the box and let's do it. And I love that. I think it's amazing. Uh, but our goal is not to build Kingsway Church, not to build this location or this place, but to build His kingdom. And, and wherever that may be, uh, to always have that in your, in, your, uh, in your hearts and in your, in your heads that as a church, it's not all about here. Uh, I love that as we went over our finances, we just, we just went over it as a board and we're, we're, we're pretty pumped to see that we, what we budgeted, we almost doubled what we budgeted to give away to other missions outside of this place. Happening in Guatemala, happening in, in uh, uh, pregnancy care centers, happening all over the place. Um, that double what we had hoped to give, $28,000 I think is what, uh, what went out from this little church. Pretty awesome. 
just to, just to give it away, to bless other missions. Why? Because we're building the kingdom, not just here. You know, and we've talked about how church, not this building, and, and I hope you're getting that. It's not this service. You didn't come to church tonight. You are the church. And, and as I read this, and as I continue to think about this as I read through the Word, it's amazing how God lights up new things. Because we've talked about this not only uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> we talked about this verse three weeks ago. But listen to this. God's not building services, buildings, or crowds even. He's building people. Look, look at uh, the person next to you and just tell them, I'm a people. Yeah, I'm a people. Yeah, talk to your dad there. Yeah, that's right. Good. I'm a people. He's building people. So when you start looking at this and, and you realize that Jesus said, listen, Peter, I'm going to build people. I'm not going to build church because something goes off in our head when we see that. He says, I'm going to build people. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ tonight, you are part of the church. You are part of the people he's talking about. He's building you. He's building, he's building this. So when you start reading it, it says the gates of hell will not overpower you. The, you know, the, the, they're not going to be strong to your detriment. You know, and when you start attacking the, the, the gates of hell, they are not going to withstand against you. Why? Because that's what he's building. He's building you. So often we sit in, in um, the, the, the congregation or the group and we forget that it, it's about us. If the, if the whole isn't made up of individuals that are, are living this out, the whole is nothing. It is about all of each, every uh, individual believing and realizing Jesus is building me. And it says he's building. He says he didn't simply create it. It's like, oh, boom, like, hey, you know, let there be church. Boom, there was. It, and it's perfect. You know, it's good. And so he rested. He didn't. He used a word called building, which in that day and, and in our day, it speaks about building buildings. Uh, it's talking about building like a home. And if you think about that, uh, if, you, if you know Brian Bunting or any of you who are, are familiar with building a home, it doesn't just happen. It's like it takes time, uh, days, months, plans. Um, there's there's a, this continuous thing of uh, once one thing's put in place, then you can put something else in. Uh, you don't build the second story before the first one's there. Paul talked about it too. He says, you know what? He's, he's in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, uh, I want to be a wise master builder. I'm going to lay Jesus as the foundation. Everything else that anybody else builds on that, he said, you know, you can build with gold, silver, straw, whatever you build on this foundation. It's going to get tested one day. What was it? What did it look like? He said, as a master builder, you encourage us to be the same. You know, realizing that Jesus is the foundation, what are we building? So if Jesus is building church, and that's what we want to be building, what are we building? What's it going to look like? Is it gold? Is it silver? Is it straw? Is this like idea, yeah, we're saved, but that's about all we did. We got to heaven by the skin of our teeth, you know? That was or was there something more? I believe Jesus is building something that just sounds so amazing and, and awesome. And I want to keep that in your heart. Because I know if anything, if, if, if I'm the devil and I realize that, you know, the church is going to bust down my doors and ruin my life, I'm just going to try and keep those guys ignorant. Just try and take that seed. As soon as they hear about the church, snatch that away. I'm talking to you tonight. Please don't miss what he wants to say to you tonight. You're the church. You are. Not the people all around you. You are. You are. You are. So often we want to, you are. want to just let that be, oh yeah, the, the, the whole bunch. The whole bunch. Strobosser, you are. <laughs> You're the church. You are. Don't miss that tonight. As he says, you know, these are the things. Are our lives, when we look at them, do they look like that? Do they look like, man, yeah, you know what? Hell does nothing on me. Uh, I'm the church. Or is it like, oh, you know what? 
to know the enemy's winning a whole lot of battles in my life, and I'm not really liking it so much. I wanted to, um, as I, you know, I guess sharing with us as a group that the mission is not for the group. The mission is for the individual. It's what he's building is the church. If it's for you, then the mission is to you and for you. The mission is for me. In Matthew chapter 22, I'm not going to read this story, but I was reading it today for my devotions uh, as I'm reading through Matthew and just going through. Uh, I thought about this. And I thought, you know, as I was working on this message earlier, because right now I'm single parenting. My wife went off on a scrapbooking retreat. Um, I don't get why they do that, but they, she loves it. Like, she comes home, she, she'll scrapbook, like, this, to this morning, she texts me, she's like, yeah, we stayed up till 3 a.m., and then I got up at 7 a.m., and I've been scrapping like crazy, and she's, like, pumped. So I called her to see, because, you know, in a text, you don't really know if she's as pumped as she says she is. I call her, and she's, like, she's, like, wide awake. Her eyes look puffy, but she's, don't tell her I said that, but she's, she's, like, wide awake, and she's, like, excited, and I'm, like, oh, really? She is, like, I mean, when that, when, when 3 a.m. Um, going to bed and 7 a.m. happens at our house and she wakes up, she's not like that, right? Like, there's not, like, this passion of, oh, yes, we're awake and we're alive. Let's, let's go. But she's been scrapbooking all day. And, I mean, she was supposed to come home tonight, but praise the Lord, the weather is keeping her there. So that her prayers were answered. And I have an extra day of parenting four children all by myself. And, um, but what was I talking about this? I forget. There's a reason. Sheesh baby brain. Oh, I know. I was. I was thinking about where is this story, Jesus? Because I thought about this story of, of where Jesus sent them. He had said to them, send it out all these people. And then today, as I, as I read my devotions, it was like the, the story. And I was like, sweet. You know, this is so good. So I wanted to share that story. It's, it, it's um, Jesus said there's a master and has a, he has a wedding for his son. And he invites everyone to it. The people that he had sent out invitations to uh, and he says, hey, everything's ready. Come to this feast. And it's going to be a rocking party. Like he killed, some, he, he killed some serious amount of animals there. It's a big barbecue. And he's, he's excited. And all of a sudden, the people say, no, we're not coming anymore. Uh, we don't want to come. We couldn't be bothered. And, and he gets angry. So he sends his messengers out. Some of those messengers that they kill. And Jesus t- telling a story uh, to, the, to the people of Israel at that point, of the peop- a picture of the people of Israel, saying, listen, I... I I've sent you messengers, prophets, the words of all these things before, saying, hey, the, the chance to be a part of the kingdom, I invited you to this thing, and now you're like not taking me up on the offer. And so Jesus says to them, he said, hey, then the king says, go, just go everywhere and start inviting people like crazy. Bring them in, whoever they are. And it's a real cool story, because you see that, and it's shared in a couple of the gospels. They bring in everybody, like anybody from anywhere, and um, it's, what, it's what the, how the gospel ended up going to the Gentiles and how all of us had the chance to be saved. Because, you know, I'm just like so Dutch, there's like no Jewish in me. I would not have made it, right? But I, I do now because, because of this. He didn't invite anybody. He didn't invite me. He didn't invite you. And so it says in this story that all the people came. And uh, at the end, he says there was this one guy who came and he wasn't wearing the robes. He, uh, he wasn't wearing, they said, just everybody bring everybody. And then when he came, the king said, hey, how come you're not wearing a wedding garment. He's like, I don't know. I thought it was like a come as you are party. I just showed up. You know, that's what I always thought. I'm like, boy, that king, he's pretty mean. Like he said, just go get anybody, bring him in. And then it says, this guy's not wearing the right clothes. So he chucks him out. And and he says where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And some, some had told me that they'd been to churches like that, where, you know, if you weren't wearing the right clothes, you had to sit in the back. And, and there was this thing and, you know, Jesus did it. So I guess that's, you know, but, but he's saying with, um, with this statement that there's this idea of 
uh, of change, of saying, you know what, I'm gladly coming to this feast. I'm gladly coming to your kingdom, and I'll gladly do what was customary back then. Is you, They had robes there for you. He didn't have to go and get one. It was there waiting for him. He just didn't put it on. So when we look at this, it was this idea of, you know what, yeah, I'm going to come for all the good you can give me, king. I'm going to eat the barbecue, but, but I'm not going to live the, the life. I'm not going to put on your identity, your robe. And you know what? It reveals something. That person, even though they were so close, they were there. All those other people who said, we're not coming. And, you know, of course, they all got in you know, trouble. And the Bible talks about how those people, they're, they're, there's, um, they miss out on the kingdom. They miss out on heaven. They miss out on life with Jesus. They miss out on it all. But he says this one guy, he says he's so close and he misses out. That could be us tonight. People who sit in a, in a church service and you're so close because by proximity you're there, but your heart's not in it. You know, there's not this passion to know the Lord. There's not the passion to, to, to live for Him. There's not this lordship thing where Jesus, your Lord, you want me to do that? I'm doing that. You want me to wear that garment? I'm wearing it. You want me to live this way? I'm living this way because you're God in my life. It's not perfection. It's this, this idea of identity. It says that person got kicked out. And as I was thinking about, thinking about this, Jesus had this mission of this party's going to be full. I, I want a rocking party. Uh, I want this, that, that, that idea of, I want people to be there. If it's not going to be those, if there's going to be those who reject it, I want those uh, who will accept. And that's been his mission, to rescue people. I thought about that. Uh, it's why we've, we've tried to put that as the mission of, of our lives, which on the, front of our, on the uh, front of your bulletin, you can see right there, it just says to preach good news to reach those who don't know Christ, to teach and equip followers of Jesus to live victorious in Him. We're even shortening that down more. To preach good news, to reach lost people, and to teach two words. I don't know what they are yet, but if you could help me, that would be awesome. If you can bring that last sentence down into two words, that would be great. Reach, preach, teach. Why are we using those terms? Somebody asked me that this, this week. They said, you know, texted me and said, why, why are you using those words? There could be other ones. You know, I think about Jesus' last words. There's some pretty famous last words uh, that have happened. If you Google them, you can find some. Elvis, anybody know what his last words were? His last recorded words were, he said, I hope I haven't bored you. Those were the last words he said on, uh, on the last show that he was on before his life uh, was ended with a drug uh, overdose. There's a guy named General John Sedgwick. He was a, um, he was a uh, uh, general in the Civil War, and uh, he is... In his battle, he was standing at the war, and he was telling the guys, we're all laying on the ground. He's like, come on, fellas, get up. They couldn't hit an elephant at this dist. That was it. Jesus, famous last words. What were they? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. And Acts 1, verse 8. Uh, it's all of the, um, the, the words of the Great Commission. Co-mission. You and Jesus co-mission. He says this. I'm just going to read them to you. Just, uh, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's going to drop some of the, the, the words in, in your heart. He's done in mine. It says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. He says, I've been given authority. Now you go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18 says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who, do you know what that word is? Believe. These signs accompany, will follow 
We're not chasing signs and wonders. They're going to follow us. You know, it follows those who believe. It says, they'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new languages. They'll handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. That's what he's saying. If you believe, these things are going to follow you. It, the, the idea is not figure those things out. The idea is simply believe. Uh, and then it says in Acts 1, verse 8, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses, telling everyone uh, or telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I want to just take the last 10 minutes here to just give you those three thoughts of why we feel like reach, preach, and teach is the mission uh, that he wants, not for the church, not for the church of the world, not for Kingsway, for you. For you. Can you say that for me? Can you remember? Reach, preach, teach? Let's try it. Come on, how about you guys? Reach, preach, teach. Me. Reach, preach, teach. What is it? Reach. In all three of the accounts, there's this idea of going somewhere. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said on the one, go and make disciples. And the other one, he said, I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> go to Judea, go to Jerusalem, go to Samaria, and go to the ends of the world. He's saying this, this idea of go, reaching out to others. The, the thought behind that is that they aren't coming to you and going to say, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? Oh, but Mark, I heard stories where once there was this person, and, that, and, and maybe you have. You know, you've heard that idea of, like, oh, I work at this place, and, and uh, there's this guy. He, I mean, he's like Roger. He's just, like, so spiritual that everybody, you know, they, they see him. They're like, wow, this guy, like, he, he, he looks like God, you know. Like, he got to know something. And, they, and they're like, hey, Roger, there's something different about you, you know. What is it, man? And, and he's like, oh, well, hey, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes you hear about that. But let me tell you something. The stories that we hear don't change the truth of the Bible. Sometimes it's been said that, hey, that's all, that's all you need is just let, let people come to you. Let them see it in your life. And uh, that's what it is. But he doesn't say that. He says, go to them. Go to them. Where are they? Did you realize that within 10 kilometers of this place right now, within 10 kilometers, there are thousands of people who don't know Jesus Christ. Thousands. Thousands that his heart is burdened for. And he's saying to us, go, go. Romans 10, um, verse 13 to 15, it says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What's it take to be saved? Call on his name. Whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about them unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? He says that, that is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. He said, you know, how can they, they're not going to hear unless somebody goes. And they're not going to go unless someone sends. I believe that my job tonight is to send you. Just realize and say, listen, you are the church. I am the church. Who am I talking to about Jesus Christ? Who is on this, this thought of I'm going to um, find someone? And it's not the idea of let's go knock on every door. Let's not, you know, go through Balmoral here and just everybody in the church bugs, you know, um, Bob and Betty, you know, tomorrow. Because like, I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. It says this idea of going somewhere. Um, you know, is everyone called to be an overseas missionary? Because that's sometimes what people think. Well, you got to go. You got to go somewhere. Uh, I remember there was a guy, he wanted people to go on missions so bad. He went and he was talking about missions. He's like, how many of you have been on a mission trip? And I'll try it there. How many of you have been on a mission trip? Please raise your hand. Come on. How many have been on a mission trip? 
All right. And he said then to the rest, well, the rest of you sinners, you need to go. Because Jesus said, go into all the world and you haven't gone. You're disobeying the Lord, so go. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. This was in our church. And I was like, oh, that's not what he means, right? But there's this idea. So I'm thinking, oh, if I serve the Lord, I have to be like a missionary and go overseas. This is just, this is just crazy. Um, you know, but uh, what the Bible is talking about when it says go, it, it actually, the, the term says, as you are going into the world, preach the gospel. Wherever you're going, be ready to give an account of what of the hope that you have in there. So what's your world tonight? Maybe your world is Balmoral. Maybe your world is your workplace. Maybe your world is your school. Maybe your world is your home. You know, there may be people who don't know Jesus living in your own home. Maybe it's in your heart to go overseas, but it's not saying you have to. I love how in Acts 1-8 it says some. You know, if we read through the rest of Acts, Jesus said, hey, go to these places. It says some went to Jerusalem. Some went to Judea. Some went to Samaria, specifically Philip, Peter, and John. Some went to the ends of the earth, but not all. What's he calling for you? Where are you going? Where, where do you find yourself? And do you feel like when you're there that there's that understanding of I'm here to share? Because he didn't say just reach. He didn't just say go. He said go and preach. Preach what? Preach. Like, oh, well, that's for preachers. That's for you, Mark, of course. Uh, the good thing, you know, I'm glad this point's here because now I don't have to do this one. That's your job. Preach simply means proclaim with your mouth. It means talk, speak, share, whatever you want to call it. Something coming out of your mouth. And what does he say? What do you have to share? Preach good news. Good news. Um, you know, there's a, there's a famous quote uh, that they don't really know who said it, but it's, it's this. You know, preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. They try and pin that on Francis of Assisi, but it's not actually him who said it. But it's that idea, you know. Anybody heard that? Preach the gospel if necessary, use words. Not in the Bible. Good quote, but Jesus didn't say it. He wasn't saying, hey, just go live a nice life, and if you have to talk about it, well, then do. He's saying go and do it on purpose. Go talk about good news. You know, there's tons of bad news out there everywhere you look. You know, Bieber's in jail now. Uh, my daughter told me this morning, first thing, got a text. Bieber's got a DUI. Um, you know, the Leafs lost 7-1. Bad news. Um, but there's, there's, real ba- there's real bad news out there as well. You know, there's real bad news of lives broken. Broken-hearted people, people who've grown up with abuse, people who've grown up with, no, with this uh, thing of just not knowing what their purpose or, or, or reason for being on the planet is. People growing up dead inside. And they're real close to us. Real close to us. And they matter. Their lives matter. Our world's in desperate need of hope. Um, for too long, the church has, uh, has been a place of bad news for people. Uh, uh, we want to change that. We want to change that when people think of church, they think of good news. They think of when I meet those people, not the building. When I meet people, they're full of good news. What, what is it? It's not that, that, that we would get away from the, the idea of just being the place that says you're a dirty, rotten sinner. You know, you're going to hell. Uh, that's been one of the things. And even though it's true, there's a different way of saying it. And I love that about Jesus because when Jesus would hang around with people who were, we would say, dirty, rotten sinners, and so would others, and who, who he would um, hang out with where we would know that based on their lifestyle, they are going to hell. How did Jesus talk to them? How did Jesus touch their lives? You know, I love this, and this is why one of the things that we have with our method is that we love, we accept, we forgive, and we encourage. Why? Because we saw Jesus do that. Jesus says, for God so loved (laughs) the world. He loved the, the world. It talks about how he loved his disciples. It talks about how he was motivated by compassion for crowds of people. He accepted people just the way they were, but he didn't leave them there. 
That's the best part. Some of us are like, we can't accept that in the church. He said he accepted people into his circle and allowed his life to change them. Relationship with him changed them. Uh, he says this, you know, the woman caught in adultery. Remember what he said to her? He says, hey, I, you know, I'll be the last one standing here with you when everyone else uh, walks away after they can't throw any more stones. And what does he say? Go sin no more. Why? Because he allowed that chance to be uh, in his life. He sat down with a woman at the well who, um, who had five husbands and was living with somebody else. And he said to her, in a way, he says, hey, you know what? I know you've had five husbands and you're living with someone else. And she, you know what? We think if you, said, if you went and said that to somebody, if God gave you a word of knowledge for somebody, that would like, you know, it'd be like, what the? You know, this is crazy. You know, that you guys are so judgmental. Uh, but somehow in the way Jesus said it, it brought a, about a heart change in her. That wasn't just because he was God. That's because, you know, there's a, there's a way he forgave. I love it on the cross. Whatever his words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That we'd be quick to forgive and then encouraging, you know, he'd say to people, go and sin no more. Go live differently. Zacchaeus, anybody who came across, the, he, say, he hung out with tax collectors and sinners, not to party with them, but to be the change for them. Amazing. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10 says this. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and in your heart. The message, the message is very close at hand. Is it close at hand for you? Is it in your hand? Is it in your heart? Is it on your lips? It's what he says. The message, like, I don't know what to tell people. He says it in his word. It says this, the message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Simple things to share. If you believe Jesus is Lord, you'll say it with your mouth. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Sometimes you find it so hard to tell people, but that's all they're, that's all they're looking for. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe that he's real? Do you believe that he died for you? Will you give him lordship of your life and not just in, you know, not keeping it hidden, but, but proclaiming that out? It says you'll be saved. And it says this, you know, we, we want to try and help that as well, that every person in this, in, who comes through these doors gets trained and equipped to say this is what the gospel message is. I'm not sure how to share it. You know, the Bible makes it real clear. It's those two things. We've put a part in there. What's the message? If you find it in your bulletin, it says this. God made it. Sin wrecked it. Jesus fixed it, and you can have it. I say that to you tonight. What is the it? Life. God made life the chance for you to live. Sin wrecked that brutally. That's why there's all this bad stuff. Can you remember people always started talking? Oh, how could there be a God of all this bad stuff? Sin wrecked it. God made it perfect. Sin wrecked it. But Jesus, Jesus fixed it, man. And you can have it. You really can. And if you think about those thoughts, you can, your conversations can lead to that. John 10, 10 says, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but I came that you might have life. That's why Jesus came. And you know what? It's amazing. It's good, good news. Last thought is this, teach. Not only reach, not only go out, not only preach, not only share the good news, but this, teach. Teach. Make disciples, he said, not just converts. Not just this idea of, oh, we're going to try and get people to say a sinner's prayer, and then that's good. We want to teach, train, and equip you. That's what we're doing tonight. That's the whole heart behind sharing this and sharing it and sharing it and putting it there. And it'll be on the screen. And you're going to see it in the foyer. And you're going to see it other places. Maybe we'll put it on the coffee cups. Maybe we're going to call your house. Maybe I'm going to text it to you. I'm going to leave messages for you. Preach, reach, and teach today, Tina. God bless you. You know, uh, whatever it's going to be. But to get that into our, our hearts, because this is the church that Jesus is building. It says this in the last thought. People, people that know how to live like Jesus in this world need to be taught to do so. It's, it's getting the word and saying, I'm putting it in my life because I want to live that. Obedience to him, living differently. Like we talked about with the man who didn't put on the garment. He didn't, wasn't willing to change. He just wanted to be around where it was cool. 
you know, when people come to a place that they feel loved, accepted, forgiven, and encouraged, they're going to want to hang out there. But the encouragement is in their life to bring change. Um, that he becomes the master. At the party, the man wasn't ready for a new master. And maybe you're here tonight too. And you say, you know what? If I look at it and I'm honest, I don't have a new master. I'm still the master of my own soul. Salvation is so close. And yet, if you look at the story, he missed it. I don't want Kingsway to be a place that we just draw crowds of people that don't understand that this is a calling to live a life different. This is a calling to receive a free gift of salvation and live a life out of just love and gratitude to our Father, that we're passionate worshipers of Him, that we're seeking to know Him more, that it's our lives, not our weekend. Ephesians 4.11, Jesus said that I'm going to give... Uh, I guess it was Paul writing to them, but he says, God put in the church some things to help you out. Put some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, teachers to do one thing, to equip you to do the work of ministry. And I believe that's, you know, that's, that's our job, is to equip you to be ministers. I had a friend once, actually it's Beth's friend. She'd come over and hang out with us, and her husband would say to her, you know what, it's kind of weird that you go hang out with them. And she's like, why? It's like, nobody goes and hangs out with the minister. That's just weird. Well, I want you to realize you're the minister's every single one of you. And it's not weird to hang out with you. You know, that the fact of saying, you know what, ministry is my thing. What are you doing for ministry? Are you looking like a church that looks like that? In Matthew and Mark, Jesus said, go. And in Acts, he said, wait. I want to leave you with this. He said, wait. In Acts chapter 1, he said, wait for one thing. This one thing. Does anybody know what it is? Holy Spirit. Yeah, because you can't do all of what I said without him. You can't. It's nothing without him. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Guess what? Just allow that, it's that, that idea of asking Holy Spirit. He said, like a good dad, he's going to give you Holy Spirit. Um, and and it, the Bible talks about in Galatians, Ephesians, it talks about be filled with Holy Spirit every day. Just be full of him. Jesus was full of Holy Spirit all the time. He said, sometimes you're like, I don't know about the Holy Spirit thing. He's in you to, to um, equip you to do what we just said. Preach, reach, and teach happens with Him. Be led by Him. Walk with Him. Be empowered by Him. You want signs and wonders and miracles following you? Don't look for those. Look for Holy Spirit. They will happen in and through your life. Just allowing that to happen. Live by Holy Spirit, says many people um, are continuing to wait or do or say. You know, we're just waiting for anything. We're just waiting, waiting, waiting. But I'm telling you, you know, tonight, Holy Spirit has come. You can have Him in your life, and He can lead you into that, to that lifestyle of just living spiritual life. Uh, and we're going to talk about that lots, but not tonight. We want to build those kind of people. People with a passion for lost people. Is that you? Is that me? I had to answer these questions, and it was not easy. Those who would help build a church that loves people. Is that you? <laughs> because the church is people. Do you love people? Build a church that accepts people. Build a church that forgives people. Build a church that encourages people, not just kind of allows everything to stay the same. Would Kingsway look and be described to you as an active, alive, life-giving, relevant, real church of Jesus? Would you describe it as such? Let me ask you this last question. Would you describe your life as such? Are you active, alive, life-giving, relevant, and a real follower of Jesus? I believe he's calling us to something more than just a place where people want to check it out. I believe he wants to impact lives through this place. And I believe he wants to save lives through this place. And that's, you know, as it's been, been downloading to my heart over the last couple of months, my heart and passion is to get that into yours. 
three points tonight. Can you remember them? What are they? In any order you choose. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for building the church. Thank you that you're doing it. Tonight, I trust that. And uh, Holy Spirit, I know that you're the one who's lighting it up in me. So I just pray that that would be the same uh, in others here as they commit their lives to you, that they would have your heart, uh, that it would just burn in them. Uh, Father, we pray for those around us who don't know you yet, that as we go into our world, that you give us opportunity to do these things. Uh, thank you for this amazing family. Thank you for this group radical enough to do and be church, gather together on Saturday night. And just, Lord, I pray you bless them for it. But I pray as they go out from this place equipped and challenged and charged, that knowing that you never leave them, that you're with them. May they, may they just grow in this relationship with you, and may lives just be incredibly affected because of it. Thank you again for Jesus, for the cross, for what that means for us. We celebrate that tonight, too. We don't take it for granted at all what you've done for us. Thank you for your love. We love you in return. It's in your name we pray. Amen.